hear, feel, think, and listen to today's episode of A Grand Line Reborn, a One Piece slash Final Fantasy XIV podcast brought to you by Third Impact Anime. Well, today it's just going to be a One Piece podcast as, just like Luffy's Straw Hats, we never seem to be able to stick to the plan. Our review of the Netflix live-action series is still in the pipe, and Bill should be wrapping credits on the Heavensward 3.x patches in time for the next episode, but we had already talked about the first part of the next One Piece saga, Water 7. Initially, we wanted to combine this part with Bill's thoughts on 3.x, but since this part is long enough as it is, we felt there was really no reason to delay getting this out to you, our listeners. It's already going to be a stacked December for Third Impact Anime, and we're already delivering a Christmas present to you all with our Anime Secret Santa episode, as well as our annual year-end review. But maybe we can sneak in another Grand Line Reborn episode in there as well. We'll see. If you're still jonesing for some 14 content, however, you can hear me on the newest episode of The Carbungo Chronicle, where we talked about the European Fan Fest keynote from London, and our hopes for the Echoes of Vanadil raid series that will be debuting in the new expansion, Dawn Trail. As always, feel free to reach out to us with any comments or questions on the show via our email, which is agrandlinereborn at gmail.com. Otherwise, enjoy the show! So, Tobias... Would you give us a bit of an update of what's going on with your One Piece reading? Sure. So after taking way too long to get through Skypea, yeah, I jump straight into the next arc, which um, is mysteriously called Water Seven, the Water Seven Saga. Uh, but uh, there's nothing about. I mean, there's water, but there's nothing seven about it <laughs> because it kind of starts us off on a very strange island, the uh, Long Ring Long Land Island full of trees that are super tall animals that are super long uh a guy that's on super stilts some weird old man with his weird horse (laughs) if i remember correctly like this the main city in the water seven arc is based off like venice and italy because they're the way they travel around is all through the through boats uh like small mini boats if i remember yeah, yeah. So when we get to actual Water Seven, yeah, it's it's pretty much Venice. I mean, you're absolutely correct there. Uh, but before then, we have this strange set of islands, this sort of ring of islands that are separated by these rising tides. And this is very, very apparently the Long Ring Long Land arc. Very apparently a almost a filler. You know, I don't know if it's appropriate to just call it filler when it's just manga, but it it feels like a filler arc until uh, we get to more more stuff with water seven because uh immediately what happens we discover this uh weird old guy and his weird old horse that there's another pirate crew that shows up the the, what, the foxy gang i think they're called the foxy pirates the foxy pirates yeah led by foxy the silver pirate i think his name is and uh this pirate gang is all about sort of stealing away other crew members because they engage in this traditional pirate game called the Davy Back Fight, which is just a bunch of BS made up for this manga. It makes no <laughs> sense, but it's almost like 
a three rounds of American Gladiators kind of stuff uh, almost. Or if you remember, like Takeshi's Takeshi's Castle, our uh, most extreme mm-hmm. challenges that got localized over here. Very silly sort of games with the stakes for each game being the winning pirate gang can take a crew member of the other the the the, the losing pirate pirate girl. Mm. And yeah, and so this... the the foxy pirates the whole stick is like they'll go around challenging people to the uh, Davy back fight. They will cheat all throughout, mainly thanks to Foxy's uh, main power, which we'll talk about in a second, and sort of build up their own pirate group by stealing parts of others. So we start off, they actually, before they get to the, the, the island, they see another pirate group that's been decimated by this. Like their Jolly Roger's been taken. Uh, they're just kind of adrift. They've lost all will to continue and kind of wondering what happened here? What, why did, what, what happened to these, these people that they're all like this? Yeah, and I think we'll get into this uh, pretty soon. But I, I it's funny because when I initially watched the Davy Beck fight in the anime, I was probably a bit annoyed because it was really goofy. But now I'm thinking back on it now. It's just like, no, that's the fun. That's the best part of it. It's just it's a goofy, fun time. Like, yeah, it's it's a little serious because you're like, oh no, a member of our favorite crew member is gonna leave. They're gonna take Chopper away. Oh no! But no, it's it gets just really it gets really silly, and that's the fun part. Yeah, going in, I with it being very apparently a filler sort of sort of arc. I was a little annoyed at first because trying to get to Skypea, which took so long. You know, Skypea mm-hmm. gives us things like we see Doflamingo and we see um, uh, who were the the pirates under Doflamingo? I, I can't remember. Uh, Bellamy, I think, right? But Bellamy, yeah, yeah. Bellamy is like a, a minion of Doflamingo. Yeah, so like we see all this stuff happening with Doflamingo and whatever else was happening on Jaya there. Yeah, we, we we get a glimpse of that. We completely stop because we have to go to Skypia, and when we get out to Skypia, we're going back into the the silly shenanigans once again. So like I, at first I was a little annoyed, but as it went on, I really did enjoy this arc a lot more than I was expecting to. Uh, I think the the Foxy crew is a lot of fun. They're all kind of silly, and they have their own sort of iconic, you know, like appearances and and jokes all throughout. Uh, over the three rounds of the the fight, you get to see each of the Straw Hat pirates get to do their own thing. So we get spotlights on everybody, which is nice mm-hmm. as well. And the whole thing ends with kind of a, a fun fight. Again, nothing as high stakes as uh, NL or Crocodile, but the sort of the final confrontation with Boxy was a lot of fun. I, I you know what? I don't think this will, the the live action series will actually get this far, but I would love to see a live action debut back fight. <laughs> Surely they'll do one episode, right? Of, of just the debut back fight. I think instead of like, I think in the manga and the anime, it's like three challenges to uh, and like. Whoever wins the most mm. wins the Navy back fight. I think the way they would do it is they would do one one event and then probably be the boxing one because you got to do Luffy with the. I don't know how they're going to do Luffy with the afro in the live action show. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, that would that would be great. That would be pretty great. But uh, I think that's the one thing they would take from the Navy back fights if they do it, or they. Or at the very least, they would have a foxy pirate cameo, kind of like what they did with uh, Don Creed. Yeah, 
Yeah, and we actually did get a Foxy cameo in the very like the very first scene, right? And when they're showing gold the Gold Roger execution or something like that, they have a a wanted poster, and Foxy's one of the wanted posters. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if you caught that, but there's there's a few like that where you can see a few pirates later, and I appreciate that they didn't just use like the one piece like the, like the manga or the anime characters for the wanted posters. I appreciate that they actually used the live action depictions as, <laughs> as photos almost. Yeah. That was also, that was a surprise in the, in the Netflix show, just seeing all the posters and kind of giving you teases of upcoming characters that we might potentially meet in the future. <laughs> if they continue, but so in, in the first part here, they're having a race around the Island. It is uh, Nami, Usopp and Robin. I think uh, the Star Hats are about to go a clear win when the cheating Foxy uses his power, the slow, slow fruit, which he shoots <laughs> like a, a beam, uh, like a, almost like a laser beam sort of deal, uh-huh. where he blows you down for about 30 seconds, almost like glacially slow. Now, right when they're at the finish line, he uses his powers and the Foxy Pirates win. I love his power. His, his power is very <laughs> it makes sense like with his power set that he'd want to do the Davy back fights because he can slow people down and give him an easy advantage and just uh this is one of the few times i've like i would love to hear your reaction to the uh, anime because the actor who plays the uh, foxy in the anime is a lot of fun uh doing his a pronouncement of his power every time going meta meta beam in just a very dramatic fashion every time. It's a lot of fun. Maybe I'll check out a few of the episodes of, of this part in particular. See, I saw that, kind of looking through, that the anime does six total battles instead of three, right? Probably to... We gotta, we gotta spread it out as much as we can, so that way we don't crunch up to manga, probably. Yeah. And even looking up... um stuff for the music tracks for the last episode i noticed that there are a few extra arcs that are thrown in for good measure between skypia and this <laughs> <laughs> so the so at the end of the first round the the strides lose the foxy pirates choose chopper as their win that time and unfortunately chopper was one of the members of the next fight which is a uh, almost like a I don't know, like a soccer sort of inspired thing. It's called the Gragi Ring. Uh, it's a mm. three-on-three fight. Um, one each, one on one person on each side is the ball, the quote-unquote ball, and the objective is for the other team to take their opponent's ball and dunk them into a ring <laughs> on the other side. So it's something like yeah, something like basketball, uh, but except a person, an actual participant. Is the the ball that you chunk into the ring, <laughs> and uh, this is a one of those scenarios where, again, the foxy pirates are cheating all the time. They're using weapons where they're not supposed to be allowed to use weapons. Uh, here we see for sure the the referee that is entirely a foxy pirate and thus helping them cheat is turning his back or falling asleep or nodding off every time the groggy monsters cheat, whereas every time Zoro or Sanji do anything. He immediately calls them out, throws the flag up. Mm-hmm. But uh, despite all this, I had a lot of sort of fun. I think I, I was actually reading this part when I was at FanFest, like waiting in line for doing stuff at FanFest. So that's, that's <laughs> almost where my sense memory is sort of tied to this part in particular, is me quickly skimming through these pages. 
uh, while I'm waiting in line. But as I recall, there seems a few panels that are really, uh, really sort of, oh man, how do you describe this? I hate to say epic because epic's so overused, but sort of these epic style panels and poses where we see Sanji and uh, Zoro sort of jump around and sort of win this fight. Whereas the the first one is a little more silly, and we see, you know, of course, any any arc where Usopp is there is going to be a little silly for the most part. Uh, here we see more action oriented, uh, more stuff. And since this is, like I said, a filler section, any little bit of action is is going to be nice for sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, at this point, Soro and Zanji do you got to win barely. They elect to take Chopper back as part of their their spoils and the whole time we have chopper crying on the sidelines like he's sitting in the, the foxy uh, pirates i want to say um what is it like porsche the uh the one like female uh foxy pirate that's there she's like it's, she's, she's in love. absolutely in love with chopper <laughs> i don't know if it's the same way in the manga but uh she calls Ch- uh, chopper choppy and like rubs her face against his chin and uh like Chopper is just having none of it, <laughs> and uh, I think at some point in the Davy Back fight, Robin is also with Chopper in the in the box. Like she gets moved to there to the Fox Pirate side, and I love Robin's reaction to this. Is like, oh, this is just go- this is goofy. <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> I seem to recall that too when they were leading up. The Foxy Pirates have set up like stalls, almost like this is a an event that's open to the public, even though it's really, really kind of not. Like they have food stalls and merch, merch sales, and Luffy's like really into it. Like he's buying Foxy Pirates merch. He's excited <laughs> about the whole thing. You know, I recall. I think Nami's Nami's more worried because of, of course, people being taken. But Robin's like, ah, this is fun. This is silly. Whatever. Let's enjoy it. <laughs> Okay, but the last round is a one-on-one boxing match, a fight between the captains, Luffy and Captain Foxy. And this is more of a traditional sort of one-piece fight. You know, Like every arc we've seen so far, you've got the crew faces off against sub-bosses. We get to see some fun powers while they outsmart them, whatever. But it always comes down to Luffy fighting some uber-powerful you know, uber figure, and this is this is it. The stakes here, they have to fight all, all on the Foxy Pirates' ship. They can't leave the ship. If they go out of bounds, much like Smash Brothers, they lose. And uh, the way this sort of starts off is like a boxing match. Luffy comes out with a big old afro. <laughs> and uh, it turns out that when they were sort of getting their stuff together, gearing up for the fight, Usopp had found a, like a fake afro wig uh, somewhere in, the, in like the, the brig they were in or whatnot. So, man, this is the the Afro is the spirit of a man. You have to put this on to increase your your fighting ability. And Luffy's like, "All right, this is cool, <laughs> whatever." <laughs> I don't. Get I it, love but... that whole speech because Usopp is like is, is Luffy's corner man, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> During the fight, where he's like, "Go get him, kid. <laughs> you got this. You get the heart of man. <laughs> you get the heart of a man. You can do it." <laughs> yeah, and I think this is fight is the, the the fight is is I think where it kind of won me over this arc did because even though it is still very silly. I think it's fun in ways that hell, even like the crocodile and animal fights weren't like those are just regular shonen fights back and forth. But uh, in this fight, like Foxy will run away, he will hide. He'll actually disguise himself in a very bad disguise as like <laughs> the ship's cook or whatnot. And it's obviously him, but Luffy's stupid as, as hell, so he doesn't realize. And he's like, "Oh, 
Thank you, kind sir. Where I'm looking for Foxy. Have you seen him? And so he directs him to somewhere else, into a trap or whatnot. And uh, I think one of the the, the, the most interesting visually uh, aspects to this was the cannonballs. So when they're outside, Foxy has a set of like cannonballs being slung from each side, all around, really. And he's using his slow slow beam to ride on them. So like he'll slow a cannonball down, he'll like stand on it in a very surreal sort of scenario. And he'll slow down um, Luffy as well and use the timing of these slow abilities to lead Luffy into traps and get hit by cannonballs. Mm. Uh, but all in all, I think what happens at the end is that there at one point was some sort of mirror in, in a room where um, Foxy was using the mirror to reflect his slow flow beams back and forth to try to trap Luffy in an almost impossible scenario. Yeah, they had a he had like a giant robot at one point, right? Like he had a, a tank robot, uh, like a, a gun tank or something, <laughs> in a very impossibly small room uh, while using this ability. But in any case, Luffy's able to take a shard of this mirror uh, when it breaks. And he is at the last minute able to redirect a slow, slow beam back onto Foxy, slowing him down, giving a taste of his own medicine. And in one quick Guma Guma pistol is able to defeat Foxy at the end of the day. <laughs> As we all knew, because this is One Piece and the, the heroes are never going to really lose exactly. So especially not in a failure scenario. So yeah, at the end of the day, the Straw Hats come on top. The, I think at the end, the penalty that the Foxy gang had to take, I think it was a choice between getting a ship right, because at this point, sort of the big thing they needed was that the going Mary is sort of falling apart. They need a shipbuilder or a shipwright to help repair their ship, because Usopp is, while he's competent, he's not exactly a shipwright. So they need no, an, a professional. He's been, it's basically been up to this point like Usopp is holding the ship together with with like glue glue gum and duct tape and trying to do his yeah. best but there's only so much that he can do in keeping the ship <laughs> ship going exactly so when they see that the foxy pirates have a shipwright uh, Loopy decides instead to force them to take a a Jolly Roger a crudely drawn Jolly Roger. And if you've seen the, the live action One Piece, you know, the one part where he tries to draw his own um, straw hat pirate insignia and the, 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 the group vetoes it almost immediately. He pretty much forces one of those onto the Foxy Pirates <laughs> in a very Luffy fashion. Other than take the thing that they need, he decides to dishonor them or, you know, make them take a, a silly penalty in that, in that regard. But I'm sure the foxy pirates will come back eventually they're a fun group and like you mentioned bill anybody that doesn't die if we don't see a death or even if we see a death that doesn't mean they're gone for good so i'm sure i'm sure this group well, will come back i will say i will say they are in a very fun filler movie that we might get to in the future that's a lot of fun like they re like i think toy animation realized like oh yeah foxy's a fun character we should use him and so he's shown up in a couple filler things in the, in the future.
after the Davy back fight situation completely rectified, they go back to the old man on the long ring, long land island. I think the the issue with him, the quite the the reason they brought him up is that this these these this archipelago, this ring of islands, there's a rising tide that takes what is initially initially one long ring becomes individual islands every 10 years or something like that. So this guy is stuck on his one island while the rest of his nomadic tribe that he is, you know, he belongs to is already kept going. So he's kind of waiting out the days until he can travel with his horse Shelly to uh, join his group. And as it turns out, right when they finish the debut back fight, sitting at his home is a mysterious figure a tall man that is just standing there and sleeping, standing up. Uh, they wake him up and he introduces himself as uh, Aokiji, or Admiral Aokiji. Ooh. And here we have the sort of overarching plot of One Piece comes to bear among our, our crew. That is revealed that Aokiji, he's a member of the world government. I want to say he's hes not one of like the big head admirals, is he? He is. Or, or is that a spoiler? Okay, I remember them mentioning he was very important. He, I'm I'm trying to avoid spoilers for you, but where you are in the in the manga currently, he is, he is one of the three admirals that report oh, okay. to the to the to the fleet admiral. So, the, so there are seven warlords on the pirate side, and there are three fleet admirals on the world government marines. On the marine side, they have. Three admirals, usually three, and then they have a fleet admiral that's basically the one in charge. So, you've met your first admiral. Because we've already seen him in the live action, I've already had this kind of spoiled for me. Is Garp one of the other admirals, or is he the fleet he's a, admiral? He's a vice admiral. Vice admiral. He he could have so he, been an admiral. So he's ad- under? He, yeah, he's under the three admirals. Like, okay. there's, a, there's a bunch of vice admirals... Then there's the three admirals, then there's a fleet admiral. Okay, well, we see Aokiji show up almost just randomly, really. But it turns out he's looking for Nico Robin, who suddenly comes to the forefront of this next arc. It turns out that her ability to read poneglyphs is pretty rare, as has already been established. But she's already been around reading poneglyphs for people, you know, for example, Crocodile. And it turns out that every group that she's been with has been destroyed. Whether they've been killed or hunted or, or fallen apart in some way, uh, Robin leaves a, a path of destruction in her wake. And uh, Aokiji and Luffy have a, have a fight. It turns out that Aokiji's ability is ice. He can freeze things uh, solid. Yep. And he does, in fact, freeze Luffy into a solid block. Uh, but at the end, he decides, you know what? If you want to keep Nika Robin, that's fine. She's going to kill you anyway. We'll capture her eventually. And <laughs> a very strange, like, shonen manga scenario just decides to leave after he came all the way out here to get Nika Robin. And decides, you know what? I'm good. Well, I'll come well, back later. There's still more manga to do. <laughs> <laughs> they do explain a little bit of, like, his relationship with Nika Robin later, which I won't spoil. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason why he's kind of kept the distance, and, but he's always being watchful. I don't know what uh, if the manga illustrated what Nico Robin's reaction was to seeing Okuji the first time around, but I remember 
like it was kind of the same way Vivi reacted to Crocodile, where it's just total fear. Whereas before, hmm. Nick Robin is very cool, very calm, very collective character. Like you never see a break. But around Okushi, she is very nervous. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you could tell that a lot of her past had come to bear in a way that hadn't in like the previous arc. And yeah, I think this mysterious figure, reading manga, you can tell this is a character that's supposed to have an impression on you, that's supposed to mean something. It's not mm-hmm. just a foxy pirate, you know, not just a random dude here. Uh, whether or not it, the manga handles it gracefully, or whether the story handles it gracefully by having a mysterious guy show up, you know, it's kind of up to you, up to the reader. But this is, it, it was very apparent that things are starting to go down. Uh, a lot of story is coming to a head. Can I ask you a little sidebar question? This has been the, I think the second or third time where they introduce like a mysterious character, and you're like, like black when they when they introduced Blackbeard during the belt when Luffy fights mm-hmm. Bellamy, and you're like, yeah. why are they giving this character such a big deal? <laughs> when 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 uh, when One Piece does this or when other media does this of just like, ooh, here's this really cool mysterious character. How do you usually, how do you as a reader or watcher feel about that? Because some people feel kind of annoyed and just feel like, oh, you're just trying to manipulate me into feeling a certain way. Do you, or do you find just like an annoying plot thing? Because some people don't like that. Well, I, I will say that I think it helps when the story makes a point to build them up before showing them. So with Blackbeard, like we had heard stories of, um, Shanks and Buggy being with Blackbeard's crew like previously, like we he got some lead up to hear about this guy before, so that when he shows up, a guy with a big old black beard, and they slowly unveil it, it's like oh okay here the links are being connected. That's kind of cool. I mean hell, even when um, not Shanks but um Ace when Ace shows up that one <laughs> that one part, he introduces himself as being uh, like a lieutenant or something and Whitebeard's crew. And then almost immediately, like a chapter or two later, we see Whitebeard. It's just a quick one-panel shot of Whitebeard. I think that kind of helps. But in this case, you just have this Aokiji figure just show up. And suddenly, I mean, we can use the contact clues of Robin being really scared, him being very powerful, able to defeat Luffy in one attack. That kind of lends to it. But I don't know. I think there's maybe a difference between what happened with Blackbeard because of the lead-up and what happened with Aokiji. And I think another thing that helps is that Blackbeard isn't shown to be a total badass initially, like right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Like he's a goofy dude. You know, we get we get to warm up to him before. Now, maybe in the arcs that follow, maybe Blackbeard will be a total badass. Maybe he can beat somebody like Aokiji one-handed, you know, no problem. Maybe. But for now, we see him as kind of a silly, a silly person. And I think that kind of helps ingratiate him to me more so than just Aokiji, who just showed up and beat the crew and said, peace, I'm out. I'll be back later. <laughs> I'll show up in a later arc when Oda knows what to do with me. You're not like, oh my god, it's total badass. You're like, nah, that's, that's kind of annoying. I mean, part of it, again, is just, at this point, I'm old enough to know when these long-form stories are doing what they do. And again, mm-hmm. like I said in Skypea, there are times where it is apparent that One Piece is a weekly series and is running for a long time and is meant to run for a long time. Again, perhaps that is for the best. Perhaps having a character like this show up and drop out 
is for the better. I mean, hell, One Piece has been running for a long time now. I'm sure Oda's made a lot more money than I have and is a better storyteller <laughs> than I am. So, you know, no shade to him. Who am I to, to really shade Oda's writing? I, but to me, it, it, it almost grades. When I see, like, the weekly with the weekly story show up and become apparent that they're doing things like doing fillers or introducing characters to draw out a few weeks to, to lead you next thing. It kind of, it kind of grates against me a little bit, mm-hmm. not enough to get me to drop the series or hate it, but it still is like, ah, I see what you're doing here. I can see the great, but the one thing I will give it is you gotta have as a reader, even though you know, Luffy's going to win, you need to have some, mm-hmm. you need to create some sort of disbelief that, luffy and crew are not invincible right so when they have like a a a badass character like okaji show up and he just handles luffy like that it makes you as the readers reset your expectations and go oh luffy isn't going to win all the time what's gonna and like you said it's a weekly series so you don't know like wow what's gonna happen next so even though we know luffy's probably gonna win in the end it kind of breaks up the idea of just like okay yeah 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 luffy's gonna win david back fight let's let's get going by having by introducing this really tough character it allows you to say like oh wait no there are tougher characters out in the world where luffy can't win and if nothing else it does in fact give us the impetus for the next part the way he kind of ends it is he uses his super ice powers to create an ice bridge for the old man, so he can journey on and meet up with his nomad. Do do we ever see the old man and the horse Shelly show up later? Or is he gone? To be honest, I don't remember. <laughs> so probably not. I kinda I kinda figured that would be the case, honestly. But uh at this point they the crew decides to travel on to Water Seven. I wanna say Water Seven has renown as the shipbuilding island. And since mm. lo and behold, this is what the crew needs Water 7 is the obvious destination. And just for my uh, benefit, they're all still on the Grand Line, right? Yes. I just remember being kind of shocked when we did way back in the first uh, the first saga that it was led up to be we have to travel to the Grand Line because that's where the One Piece is, and they get to the Grand Line almost immediately. <laughs> 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 like, it, it makes sense that it's one long. It's the entire stretch what of uh, the equator or whatever uh, the equator of the world i think the i think the, the grand, grand line, line is basically like an, is basically like a certain section of the entire world like the equator that just goes down a long pathway yeah. it, it it makes sense you know in context of the series but like the past you know 20 whatever years that i've been hearing of one piece and I've been hearing the song you know the one piece rap uh, i always kind of pictured the grand line as being like that was the destination that was the target Oh, and they immediately man. get there, <laughs> and they're still in the Grand Line. Do they ever leave the Grand Line? Just yes uh, or no? I, no? I, I don't know. Just the, I, I'm trying to avoid going into a long tangent, but I'll say that. Maybe that will be bonus content for the, for the pod down, down the road. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so they're still on the Grand Line. They decide to travel to Water 7 with the shipbuilding community. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll cover a little bit of that because I'm a little bit into Water 7 where things are starting to really spike up. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, they actually, before they get to the, the city of Water 7, there's a little train station island they get to with this old woman 
and her young granddaughter, I want to say, daughter or granddaughter. Yep, you got that about right. Okay, I can't remember their names, but they had kind of funny names, if I remember. Uh, but we, we get there, we find out there is, in fact, a train, a water train, that sort of runs back and forth between here and Water 7 and a few of the other islands in the vicinity. It, it makes me think of um, Spirited Away, with the one train that runs uh, across the water surface. And that. Hmm. I, could, I could see that. Uh, it wasn't there. There was a frog, wasn't there? It was a big old frog that, that its entire existence is trying to tackle the train and trying to knock the train off the path. And it looks all scarred and messed up. And I think it, it rams once again into the train as we see it and bounces off completely in a very comical situation. Anyway, uh, the crew gets to Water 7 proper. They are quickly introduced. I think it's a place that pirates aren't really supposed to be there, but they pretty much let them in the back entrance because pirates bring a lot of money. And, right. you know, pirates need pirate ships, so they let them show up to spend their money on the island. Like you said earlier, it's pretty much One Piece's version of Venice, uh, where roads are replaced by these canals. And it's, people ride in boats, but the boats are powered by these little, these like manatee creatures, right? They're like, they're almost like crosses between manatees and like Yoshis. They look like Yoshi a little <laughs> bit. Or Mario. Uh, anyway, so they quickly they get to the shipbuilding district. They meet the mayor, Mayor Iceberg, who is very eager to take their money. Uh, I should I should note at this point that they have all the spoils from Skypia. They have yeah, something they, what like three million as like theory? a thank you as a thank you for dealing with uh, God and saving the bell. They were given <laughs> they were given money as a thank you and. Uh, they are able to use that money to basically get the ship examined by Iceberg's crew and see if it can be repaired. Right. So they show up with a, a ton of money. It, it almost gets stolen once by this gang called the Frankie Gang. Um, <laughs> they, I think, they so they, they go to repair the ship. There's one guy there with a big old nose, not completely unlike Usopp's nose, but more square. <laughs> <laughs> more rectangular nose uh he quickly runs from one end of the island to the other he's kind of doing this like crazy parkour to sort of jump from building to building to sort of investigate the ship uh, it turns out at the end of the day though that the going mary is just too damaged to repair the the hole sort of the the main part on the underside of the ship is falling apart and it's just completely beyond repair really it would pretty much be like building a a new ship you know, pretty much like a ship of theseus situation if they wanted to continue with the going merry and this is where things come to a head with the straw hats because luffy at first is very adamant that they repair the going merry that the going merry is their ship it is part of the crew we have to continue with her and the crew is kind of with her, with with him at the alongside that. But then, after getting this explanation, Luffy comes to terms with the fact that no, we're going to have to buy a new ship. We cannot continue with the going merry. And Usopp completely disagrees here, like digs his heels in the sand here, will not accept the fact that they have to get another ship. Uh, I think at this point, Usopp's really believed in Luffy and Luffy's ability to captain the crew. And to see him turn his back on 
their crew member of the ship is completely against everything Usopp believes in. And so Usopp decides to challenge Luffy to a duel. I think the stakes are basically what, like if Usopp wins, he becomes the 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 captain. I think the the idea is if I win, we keep the we keep the going merry, and uh, we find a way to repair it. And if you win, um, if if you win, I will I will leave the crew, and you can do whatever you want with the going merry. Mm, right. So, um, I, see. W- before we get into the fight, I, I want to talk about just Usopp's reaction to Luffy's decision of letting go of the going, of basically leaving behind the going Mary. Because this is the first time, really, that we've seen internal strife within the crew, correct? I mean, yeah, but aside from Nami and the Arlong Park arc, this is. The first time we've seen them sort of split. Yeah, and I can, you can kind of understand from Usopp's perspective why he wants to keep the going merry, even though it's it's a lost cause, because it was basically their very first ship, and probably as the makeshift shipwright, he has a lot of pride in maintaining the ship and feeling like he has contributed to the crew as the makeshift shipwright, even though that's not his main his main skill set and to leave behind the going merry after all they've done is basically like abandoning one of them and not giving them not giving them a chance and it's interesting cuz everyone thinks of luffy as this kind of goofy character that doesn't take things seriously but in this instance he's thinking very responsibly of what is good for my crew in the long term? Well, I love the Going Merry. The Going Merry can no longer support us in the long term. So I have to do what's best for us as a crew to keep going forward. Yeah, completely. And I, another thing I didn't even remember until you just said that was that the ship itself came from Kaya, his his childhood friend back back on Sir Village. So I think that's probably another reason why Usopp is so adamant to keep the going merry. Because this is kind of, you know, this was given to him by Kaya, a person who he has, you know, deep love for. And that's, that's another direct connection that he has with the ship. But I think he hit the nail on the head, honestly. Another thing I would say is that I think we, we we would agree that maybe Usopp is the least useful member of the crew, maybe? Even he, as a character, often feels like he is contributing the least. You know? Like, we have Zoro and Sanji are the fighters. We have Chopper is sort of the, the medical uh, medical mind here. Nami can read maps and is navigating the crew to begin with. Uh, Robin is just sort of an all-purpose badass. And, and Luffy wins the fights. And Usopp, while Lu- Usopp contributes... I think that even he feels like he is the weakest link of the crew. And I kind of wonder if maybe if he were to allow the going Mary to be cast aside, what's stopping them from casting him aside when the situation arises? You know what I mean? Right. Cause he, he also as a character has a lot of internal doubts about him, his own self-worth. Right. So by losing the going Mary, that's losing one aspect that he he contributes so 
if yeah. he loses his one thing that he knows he fully contributes to, then his probably his thinking is, well, what do I do now? On top of, this is a member of our family. We can't abandon someone that a ship that we've grown to love and lived in for probably months at a time. Yeah. And I, I think this is great because we see some deeper development here than is sort of typical, even in, in typical in one piece so far, we've seen tough situations. Like we, we mentioned our long park. We saw the Nami's entire situation and her relationship with her mother and her sister and the village mates and the, 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 the village members all sort of came together in a way that was very satisfying and is you know sort of a great introduction to One Piece. The Arlong Park mm-hmm. was uh, here. We have that sort of come 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 up again. You know, we have side characters that have um, internal struggles. We saw Vivi. You know, we saw some of the people on Skype sort of deal with these these bigger issues, but here we have it brought to the crew directly, where Usopp is struggling with something personal. There is, I mean, the the whole the whole aspect of losing a crew member and getting rid of a crew member, the going merry here, is something he struggles with personally, and Luffy struggles with it, if we're being honest. But he's coming to the tough decision, what he feels is a necessary decision as a captain to make a this 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 tough call that he doesn't really want to. And it's not like Luffy is flipping about leaving the going merry behind. I think he's also mm-hmm. like, I'm also extremely sad about this. And I love the going merry, but I have to do what's right for our future. So after this argument they have, they decide to they they can't they can't be resolved by talking. They decide to have a one on one duel that takes place the next day. We see here that of course Luffy goes on guns blazing, or rather I should say, you know, rubber pistols blazing. <laughs> Uh, while Usopp has sort of watched Luffy this whole time and see his fighting style, and since he's all about having different sort of ex- explosive shells and whatnot in his slingshot, as he is the sharpshooter, uh, he sort of devised a plan to get around Luffy and sort of trick him into using way too much energy and missing him. I think there's like smoke screen involved at one point. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sort of trickery involved. Usopp is able to get a pretty good hits and actually get a lot further than one would expect in a fight against the guy that beat up, you know, this, this golden god and crocodile, this huge sand monster. You know, he actually gets pretty far comparatively. But at the end of the day, he does lose against Luffy. I, I do want to say I love the fight because when I initially watched it, you're like, well, Usopp's going to get destroyed. Because of Luffy, Luffy's more of the fighter, and he's more with his brute strength. He could probably destroy Usopp like that. But the fight does a really good job of illustrating, like, no, Usopp's been with the crew long enough that he knows Luffy's strategies and tricks. So he plays a very strategic game, using the conch shells as one as like a smoke screen, one as an explosive power, and like you said, is able to get some hits in because of using his head to fight Luffy and going in with a strategy. But that ending of that fight is brutal because, like, I remember, like, Usopp's, of course, Usopp looks like he's just destroyed, he's beat up, and he's, even though he knows he's lost, he's still trying to stand up, still trying to keep going, to fight, to save the going Mary. And at the end, if I remember correctly, 
Luffy says, I'm just going to give you the going merry, but I'm going to look for a new ship. And it, and the yeah, other crew members okay. are really, are really heartbroken by this. I like, I think I saw, I see Nami at some point tear up and just take and take the seriousness of this, of this fight of one of our crew members is, is gone. It's a, it's a very emotional, big sort of moment. And I think this is, you know, so far in water seven, we see, uh, Aokiji show up and that's sort of a, the first oh shit moment in this but then we see this happen and it's in the, like the second oh shit moment <laughs> like oh no things are things are really going down the plot is finally advancing in one piece <laughs> you know, after dealing with Skype and this kind of was a big long tangent over to the side things are starting to really happen with the straw hats here which is uh, what makes it think so interesting the build up to Okiji going to Robin in Water 7 is, uh, at least in the anime, you see all these, like, guys in dark shades and, like, sort of, like, MI6 CIA gear um, kind of in the background. And you're, like, wondering what those those dudes are doing. And then, eventually, Okiji goes to Robin and says, basically, they make a deal where Robin goes with Okaji and his like CIA type goons, and uh, the crew. I'm gonna stop you there because I think maybe you're getting a little bit ahead of where I'm at. Oh, oh no, oh no! I think a little bit, a little bit. So I'm gonna stop you there for you really get into spoiling something major, because uh, let's see. So we we, we see that you stop that movie fight. Yeah, you're you're right. He gives him the going berry, and at this point, like the ship is—I don't know if it's, it's like in the anime, but the ship is like docked in some sort of landlocked section. It's almost like it's like a dry tide's dock, been right? brought low or something. A, well, like it's it, uh, maybe I need to go back and check, but it looks like it's actually docked in like a little lake, like on land, like it's, they're surrounded by by land. And I don't know if maybe it's because of this this weather event that's about to happen. Uh, I can't the the Aqua Laguna, the the high tide. I don't know if it's related to that or maybe it's just the way they they drew it in the manga, but like it looks like the Going Mary is stuck there. I don't remember. Th- I remember like the Going Mary is like sort of in like a dock, an in an interior dock type scenario, but maybe that's later that on could down be. the story. That could be it. We said that the their water, their what, that three three million berries or whatever they had, like that was that was stolen at one point, gotten back, but no, it was actually stolen again for real by the Frankie gang. Unfortunately, it was sort of taken from Usopp, which is one of the reasons that he was feeling so down and useless this whole time, because he lost their entire cash reserve. 
Meanwhile, we see the Frankie gang, this group of dismantlers, this, this group that sort of dismantles ships and sells the parts to the shipbuilders of Water 7. This, uh, this, this crew got the money. The mysteriously robed Frankie goes out and immediately spends all the money. <laughs> Supposedly. The Straw Hats go to his, his, his hideout and mm-hmm. completely destroy his crew, like knock down the building. We're still unable to find the money because Frankie's taking it. So Frankie's searching for them because he wants revenge for destroying his, his home base. They want their money back. Uh, they eventually do meet up, I want to say, in the square, where the rest of the city is worried about this this high tide coming in. It's almost hurricane-style event, the Aqua Laguna showing up. The Frankie gang and the Star Hats, and also the Gali La shipbuilders all meet up to have a big fight because overnight, while Usopp and Luffy were getting ready to fight, the mayor, Iceberg, was shot and almost killed. And the blame is immediately placed on the Straw Hat Pirates who showed up here. I can't remember if somebody said they saw Luffy or if they just suspect him, but for whatever reason, the city thinks that Luffy tried to kill the mayor. I remember the reason, but I don't want to say because I don't. I'm afraid it's a spoiler thing. <laughs> well, for for some reason, one reason or another, the Star Hats are blamed for the attempted assassination of Mayor Iceberg. I should also mention that Robin is gone at some point very early on in the the Water Seven. She leaves mysteriously, and Sanji sees her leave with what he assumes is like an official, but so he doesn't mm-hmm. think to like chase her down. But, like, she leaves. We see a few shots of her talking to silhouetted figures. You know, something is going on with Robin linked to the Aokiji stuff from earlier and the, the, previous, the previous arc. But it all comes down to a big three-way fight between the Strats and the Galila and the Frankie pirates. And I should mention that the Galila shipbuilders are shown to be significant fighters on their own right. We see them fend off some of Frankie's gang earlier, and they're able to use the different ship tools they have, and the, the one guy, the, again, the, the parkour guy with the big nose, is like super fast, and they're strong fighters in the very One Piece style. They all kind of have near magical powers, if not direct magical powers or devil fruit powers, but they're all, right, they're all badasses. I don't know if, if, like, Iceberg Secretary is involved in the fight, too. Like, um, there's a couple characters. I don't think yeah, there's, yet. There's a couple characters that, um, from the Law Gang that's like, oh, they're not just your normal, um, run-of-the-mill henchmen. They can actually really fight. Yeah. Everything comes down to a fight. Uh, Frankie uncloaks and reveals himself to be a very... Again, a very One Piece style character, a very silly figure. He's like a really a buff guy, a buff guy that's obviously skipped leg day. He very like <laughs> chicken legs, but he's like a really buff upper body. He's got a very pompadour. Yeah, he, he's got a pompadour pretty much. It's not quite as like bluffy as you can imagine some pompadours, but it's almost like a big swoop. Uh, I mentioned that because when he runs out of juice, runs out of energy, it actually sinks down. Uh, you know, covering his face, but he's got big old arms, like ridiculous Popeye arms, and he's got a metal nose, and apparently he's a, an android. 
<laughs> I I'd seen Frankie before in some like One Piece pictures, but I didn't know he was like actually a robot, actually an android for real, for real. So we see one of the things he does. He has like rocket punches and like rope or, or chains attached to his his rocket punches, so like he can do sort of that iconic attack. I think he has like some sort of wind ability, right? Is that the the coup event? I yeah. Which is yes. he just has like it's almost like a big Mega Man style. Like he gets a one of his arms turned into like a Mega Buster, and <laughs> he just blows a, a whirlwind. Yeah. Um, out. So yeah, this guy shows up. We, we initially see Frankie as a road figure, and he looks very mysterious and really evil. But we see him for real. It's kind of silly. And like he's got these cheerleaders that hang out with him. I think maybe his sisters that like will do the same moves he does. Kind of, and they'll pose they do alongside the, They him. do the Frankie dance. <laughs> the Frankie dance, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's very much a One Piece style, style character, for sure. Uh, so yeah, they have a big fight. I think uh, it could have ends in a stalemate when, I think when he uses the coup event uh, to blow wind everywhere, it kind of causes a, enough of a diversion where everybody sort of breaks off. Uh, Frankie's out of juice, so he goes to the bar and chugs like a bunch of sodas. He drinks Cola. Like, he takes like cola, yeah. He takes like three, three, two liters of cola, puts them in his chest cavity because again he's a robot, and he's he's drinks up the cola, and he regains his energy. That's his big <laughs> energy source is cola. That's a that's a recurring that's a recurring thing. <laughs> and 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 I recall at this point when he's at the bar, he ends up meeting the old woman from the train station island from earlier. She showed up. Because she knows that the Aqua Laguna is coming, and she knows that her usual island is dangerous. But she comes to Water Seven to to sort of hunker down with her her daughter, her granddaughter, or whatever it was. And uh, yeah, they meet Frankie. They talk. They know each other. Here we see Frankie's not like a complete villain. He's almost like a a local hero. They get in. I don't know where you are in the story, but they get into his backstory yet? Not yet. No, that's that's pretty much the last thing we see from where I'm at currently. I think the last actual thing that happens is once Luffy and gang realize that they're being framed for this attempted murder, they decide, or Luffy decides to go talk with Mayor Iceberg to clear their name. Basically, okay, I wasn't the one you saw. Obviously, I didn't do it. He breaks in. There's a big sort of situation where he's being chased through the main, you know, the, the mayoral manor or whatnot. He gets to Iceberg, who is awake, because again, he's not dead. He's in a coma. I think very briefly, but has woken up and tells them that he did see Nico Robin try to kill him. So even though Luffy is not the murderer, the attempted murderer, Robin is, and Luffy does not believe that. Right, and because Nico Robin is part uh, was part of Luffy's crew, Luffy is getting the blame for it. Exactly, and so that's where I'm at. Uh, that was where I sort of finished. I think at this point we're going to see the situation with Robin and these mysterious figures. Uh, I think they did mention CP9, so I, I'm assuming that that's kind of what is up. Whatever this... I, I assume it's kind of like an MI6-style James Bond organization, very spy situation. That's what I'm guessing, but we'll have to see as it comes up. I'm pretty sure Frankie will come back here. We'll see him to be actually a hero. Uh, I'm... I've I've read enough I've I've seen enough One Piece stuff in the in the you know in the on the internet in the ether out in the world 
But I know that Frankie's going to stick around. I'm pretty sure he joins the crew after this. So he can't be a bad guy completely. But how we get there will be interesting. It's always the journey with One Piece. You, just, <laughs> you wonder where things are going to go. But uh, even though I know that Frankie is is who he is for the most part, what I don't know is how they're going to get out of the situation with Robin. Like it seems that things are starting to really come to a head with the world government, and you know that's always been to me one of the more interesting aspects of One Piece is what are the Marines doing on the side? What are the goals of this world government that is so adamant to destroy the pirate civilization, the pirate culture that's created? What was Gold Roger doing? that caused him to be such a big figure you know what is the one piece what is i feel like all these sort of leading to this one indelible point you know what was the the point the 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 one singular piece if you will of one piece i will say it's again another great example of, of world building at least for me is that the world government has been kind of on the periphery right and now as we've gone on they're starting to get much larger into the frame of what's going on. And so you're going to get the, I don't think it's a huge spoiler, but at least in this upcoming arc is the world government does play a larger role. I'm glad to hear that because I know that water seven is spoken highly of. I know a lot of people, when I mentioned this, you know, a lot of people yourself included perked up when I said I was at water seven. I feel like this is a good arc. Yeah. I would say this is a lot of like the, this whole saga, the Water Seven saga, is a is a lot of people's favorites. It's probably either this or Alabasta. I would say most people say Alabasta for nostalgia reasons, but Water Seven is mm-hmm. you get some really good, um, iconic One Piece moments that I am excited to hear your thoughts on as you go through them. Awesome. Yeah. So I mean, my earlier complaints with the, with Skypea where that we're taking this sort of divergent path away from the main plot of one piece that we were pretty much repeating, you know, the Alabasta plot beats again in a different situation that was so detached from the world that we knew it. it. It's good to get back to sort of the main plot, the main ideas of one piece. And it's good to see the straw hats and their circumstances sort of meet that in the middle with what what's happening with Robin and hell, even even with Usopp now, like what's gonna happen to Usopp? What's gonna happen to the Going Merry? Like, I mean, hell, they have had the ship since pretty much the beginning. Uh, it is one of the crew. Like, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna buy a new ship altogether? Is it gonna be the the mm. Going Merry two? <laughs> there is one part of this whole saga. I probably will just send you a clip, and I, you you have to. I would like to see how you how you think it does in the anime i won't spoil what it is but i'd be uh curious to get your take on it but i i will say this the water seven saga arc is for me was very emotional i there there are like one or two parts i, I did cry at so i wonder how you will uh, feel and if your emotions get riled up like mine did so we'll, <laughs> we'll see how we'll see how things go i'm looking forward to it as a as a fan of Final Fantasy fourteen, Lord knows I love to cry about fictional characters. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so any any closing thoughts on what I've talked about so far? Any closing thoughts on the Davy Back fight or the introduction to Water Seven? I'm I'm glad you enjoyed the goofiness of the Davy Back fight. I 
like mm-hmm. I I know One Piece has a formula and they, they very much stick to it, but they they change up the the mood and the tone. I think just enough with each arc, so that way it doesn't feel too repetitive because the Davy Back fight is completely different from what you've read so far in Water Seven, and so by by kind of switching things up, you don't get I would say too bored with what's going on and just I'm just overall excited like the that Usopp fight between him and Luffy is I think a very memorable moment for me and the importance of that fight and and showing a change of this crew isn't always going to be in in perfect sync that there they there can be internal conflicts at times and I'm just excited to see your reactions to the villains to this upcoming arc and and certain iconic moments interesting all right well i'm excited to to get to it i know this is a good arc uh, as as professed by a number of people so if this is sort of the the shadow bringers of one piece as it were i will be looking forward to it well uh, i i hope i hope the this is not a situation of overhype where myself or just uh comments you see online and then you get through it, and you're like, you "Guys, overhyped this too hard." <laughs> so I don't, I don't think I'm that far, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm not that in tune with the One Piece fandom, so I think, I think I'm good. Although, you know what? I was talking to somebody else about this this week. If the whole internet has, again, I don't want to spoil it, but I, the whole internet has completely lost it over Gear Fifth, this new Gear, Luffy Gear, attack Gear Five, power. yeah, Gear, Gear five, five, Gear Fifth, whatever, like. I, I get it. I, I've watched some of it. Like I watched enough to know what it's about, and everyone talks about it being a big cartoony thing. And I ascend up to like classic Western cartoons, and I don't really see that. I think it's just really good sakaga. Maybe I need more context. You know, I was I was hesitant to really watch the whole thing because I don't want to be spoiled again. But I saw like a little clip of it, and I'm like, eh, it's okay. But yeah, wow. sometimes the the fandom can be a little. Uh, overly excited. I get what you're saying, but luckily, what Water Seven? Let's just check the the wiki here. This came out in 2005 and 2006, so I think I'm I'm divorced enough from the initial reaction where I don't think I will have too much of a problem with oh. overhype here. Guess guess what? It's okay because I got spoiled on Gear Five too. Because <laughs> I because <laughs> I am an anime viewer primarily, so of course I got spoiled. I think the funniest spoiler for me was. I was not expecting this on my wrestling program that I watched. A wrestler was wearing a <laughs> Gear Five Luffy sweatshirt on on live TV, and I said to myself, "How is he allowed to wear that and not be told you can't wear that?" And also spoilers. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, we've we've been having a, a moment. I, you know, the live action show is good. So, and to see people sort of really enjoy it broadly i think weren't there was there a clip i think you shared on the discord about it would be goldberg was like talking about the one piece live action series and it seems to be having a moment that you know cowboy bebop didn't get that i have to appreciate it's pretty astounding to see the netflix one piece show succeed so well where it's getting uh mainstream notice and as of this recording they they said season two is greenlit. We're working on it. So I th- I think surprisingly, One Piece I 
could probably be Netflix's like future anchor show. And when I say anchor, it's a show that people are anticipated to watch and they resubscribe or keep the subscription going because they want to watch this show. Kind of like how for a while it was initially House of Cards and then it was Stranger Things. And now I, it looks like One Piece is their new anchor, which is weird to well, say. <laughs> I don't know if I would quite compare it to Stranger Things yet. Uh, while that would be cool, don't get me wrong, that would be cool. I don't see One Piece being a Stranger Things level of popularity. I know, I, I, I know, that's probably me being overhyped. But the reason I say this is because of just like it's getting noticed by non-anime outlets, like that would be Goldberg clip I I sent in the Discord, and that at least from the the made-up metrics that Netflix releases, they, it's been a consistent hit, even after the initial week when all the hype was there. Like, it's still, people, new people are still watching it. It's still in the top ten of the Netflix list. So it's, it's seemingly has some staying power, and that's why I'm probably going a bit over overboard here. But at least for now, it's looking like an anchor. But again... It's Netflix. We'll have to see if it can last for more than just two seasons. Yeah, and they did announce season two is is being produced. So I think I really want to wait until let's see what happens with season two before we really put our eggs in the basket. Before we put our, uh, I don't know. I was trying to give a funny One Piece style <laughs> euphemism be- there, be- but before we, before we say we found the One Piece. Yeah, because they've announced that they're. CG chopper is gonna be a thing. Well, we don't we don't know what they're doing. They've they I think I saw an interview with the executive producer where they would like to do what they did, kind of like with Arlong uh, and the Fishman from season one. But again, we'll we'll have to see. And I so far they've been very strategic in how they use CGI. Uh, they might they might go overboard and screwed up but so far they've had a good track record of their implementation of of cgi so we'll have to see how they do all right well let's go ahead and wrap up here so uh, again you can always check us out here on thirdimpactanime.com i believe we have a section set up just for a grand line reborn uh, we are also on social media. I am. I think I may have announced it in the last episode, but I'm back. I'm back on Blue Sky. You can find me there at R Tobias at you know whatever B Sky social whatever it is. But to search for R Tobias or my name, and you should be able to find me pretty easily. And Bill, I think you're on there now as well at your usual name WB Foreman nine 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 three nine. It's no one's ever tried to take that name, so I'm sticking with it. <laughs> well, I don't think we've set up one for a Grand Line Reborn directly. I don't think we will. I think it's pretty fine just being just us and the main Third Impact anime account. So we'll just stick with that for now and see what happens. But uh, yeah. if maybe Blue, you're not on Blue Sky yet, maybe if you're not into that or you're kind of done with Twitter like I was for so long, we are on Discord as well. You can, you can go to thirdimpactanime.com to find our discord link we have a channel in that server for this in particular as the uh, grand line reborn channel so you can join that 
if yeah. you want to maybe get sneak peeks and episode previews a little early we have a specific patreon channel on the discord as well you can find us at patreon at they can just search for third impact anime and you should be able to throw us a couple bucks per month to get access to that as well and also access the good feeling that you get from supporting independent creators who again don't really get paid for this generally speaking you're putting in a lot of hours of work every month to get this podcast to your ear holes so if you want maybe a little extra good karma in your life uh maybe you sort of feel so bad about usopp leaving the crew and you really you know want to make yourself feel better give us a couple bucks that'll that'll cheer you right up yeah yeah instead of instead of paying for another super expensive starbucks coffee you can just give (laughs) us money our way and whereas that coffee can last you maybe five to ten minutes we're giving you like hours of content in your ears oh and also we still do have our email uh, account set up just for the podcast you can search for or rather you can email a grand line reborn at gmail.com that's all one word so a grand line reborn at gmail.com we will you know take opportunity to read any email we get well we'll read most emails we get if you send us a spam email about the blockchain or whatnot well we're not going to read that naturally (laughs) but if you have a review of the show if you have any sort of helpful comments or even criticisms you know feel free to send us that and we will respond to that on air yeah i'd love to get people's thoughts on the usopp fight if if uh anyone wants to email us about that maybe they can email and tell me how to properly say names that'd be good i I need i need help (laughs) please help me uh bill that even that won't help you you'll still you'll start, what do you call it o- okiji you'll still say okiji it's fine <laughs> well as usual till sea swallows all set sail for one piece yahoo